This is the Good Things Guy podcast with myself, Brendan DeCute, South Africa's very own Good Things Guy. I'm on a mission to change what the world pays attention to. I truly believe that there's good news all around us, and I spend my time hunting down and reporting on the best good news stories from South Africa and the world. In the Good Things Guy podcast, you'll meet these everyday heroes and hear their incredible stories. Woodrock Animal Rescue was founded in 1992 by Nicholas and Stella, whose focus, passion, and drive afforded their animal rescue vision to become a reality. The Animal Rescue Center originated in the suburban area of Woodmead and Kyber Rock. I can't believe that. Hence the name Woodrock. But they are now based on a beautiful 8.5 hectares in the beautiful Henops River Valley. Valley. Stella, welcome to the Good Things Guy Jackpot. It's great to have you on today. I just want to speak a little bit about what it is that you guys do. Obviously, I've had a huge tragedy over the last couple of weeks, losing my little puppy, but we're trying to raise money for Woodrock Animal Rescue in order for little Emma Stone's life to give back. And I got connected to you guys. I've, I've known on, of you for a while, but to actually be sitting down and speaking to you, to speak about the good work that you do is an absolute honor. So Stella, welcome to the show. Hi, yes, thank you very much. The honor is all mine, truthfully. And when you giggled over Wood Mead, Wood Rock, and the Kyber Rock Association, I promise you it was rather daunting in those days when you had the SPCA at your door. You knew you were, you were harboring your 30 dogs. So we bought the property next door, Brent, and we shoved all the dogs through an interleading gate to the next house, and we invited the SPCA and said, where, where are 30 dogs? There aren't 30 dogs here. <laughs> but that's why I giggled because I know of Kyber Rock and Woodmead and it is probably suburban. There, there is no place there that I believe where you could do animal rescue from. So back in 1992, was that quite tough? It was scary. I was petrified of Stephen from Santon SPCA. He was like the monster, like he's going to take all my dogs away. And then when we added two pigs into the mix, I knew I had to get out of Woodmead. <laughs> um, tell me, Stella, how did your passion and love for animal rescue come about? You know, it's, it's a natural instinct you have for love as you had with Emma. And you will never forget her. She crept into your heart and that is where she, she stayed. And forever you will feel the ambassador to make certain that no other dog goes through that trauma. And also you understand the plight of losing an animal completely, which nobody understands. It is just the most heartbreaking experience. So when you ask what got me into this, or what got us into it, my husband and I met when I was 12 and he was 15 and we were next door neighbors in Orange Grove and we were the go-to people for birds and cats and even lizards and insects and uh, chickens and uh, whatever we could, we could take in, we did. In fact, we even took in a goat at one stage. But um, yes, the passion was very early on from the age of three. I remember pulling a box along, a shoe box on a piece of string. And I remember them asking me, what are you doing? And I said, I'm walking my dog. <laughs> so it was a natural, it, it just, it's, it's something in your DNA. And then in 1992, you say you had 30 dogs on your property. Where did all these dogs come from? You know, that's always a question we asked even to this day. Where do all the dogs come from? A lot of the dogs in those days were from Breeders who didn't want to continue, lost and found dogs who had nowhere to go. And of course, also in those days, there were the people that couldn't keep dogs financially. So they would all land up at Woodrock. And then five of those dogs were mine. So take some of the dogs out of the mix and say, okay, 25 dogs. That's doable. Even in a normal household of where I live today, I have 18 dogs in my home. 
Whoa, you have 18 dogs. That is, that is literally most probably my dream. I've always believed that the more pups you have, the easier they are to handle because they're pack animals. So is that sort of true? 18 dogs? 100%. 18 dogs. It's the same as the large families that you watch on TV where they have 18 children in one particular program I was watching. The older child looks after the younger child. Your job is a lot easier. But in our particular case, Brent, they're all seniors. That's our passion. They're seniors. They've got three legs. And most of them are blind. They, they're on their last. And it bothers me because I always think to myself, they mustn't go. You know, they have no right to go. They've got to stay here. Stella, I have to ask, the dogs that, you, that are in your house at the moment, and we'll get into the rescue center now, but um, are those animals that would never have seen a home and perhaps would have been taken to somewhere where they may have been put down, but you've literally, 100%. You've literally yes. given them like a, a beautiful old age home to come and live out their best days? That's correct. So what I do is... Um, first of all, I'm a dachshund addict for my sins, but um, I walk through the kennels, you know, daily and I see the sadness of that old dog that's been here 9, 10, 11, 12, sometimes the dogs have been here even longer. And then I give instructions, take up to the top, to the, you know, to, we call it the big house, take up to the big house. And then they bring the doggy around. And then also you have your dogs that are in rehab that need to be monitored 24-7. And in the case of Little Princess, she had a prolapsed anus. So I've got to just watch that her anus doesn't fall out. She is going to be returned to the informal settlements where she came from. She is a pit bull. And we, we dearly love her, but we know she's got to be returned in order to keep our relationships open and to keep our channels open to be able to help more dogs in that area. So we cannot keep her. So you've got 18 dogs in your house, but you have this massive property and I'm sure you've got more than just dogs. What What amount or sort of animals are you currently looking after at the animal rescue center okay so at the beginning of your conversation brent you mentioned money we are always short of money when yeah. anyone says to woodrock what is it that you're needing we always need money which brings me to the point of how many animals i have standing on the property as i'm talking to you right now we have 300 odd animals at any given point in time. So Woodrock is not isolated to just dogs, predominantly dogs, but we have the most beautiful donkeys from the Donkey Foundation. We have pigs that came as piglets because the one litter in particular was being compromised with the mother. And my husband often goes on his rounds into the informal settlements and sees how the pigs are treated. And if they're not treated fairly, we will do our best to try and educate firstly or to remove. And in this case, we took away a litter. And then we have also pigs that sadly arrive to a family and we bought a teacup pig there is no such thing as a teacup pig and they grow and they grow and they grow and they grow and they land up at woodrock we've got ducks we've got pigeons we've got geese we've just acquired the most gorgeous three owls from the owl foundation owl rescue we're grooming them to to go into the boxes that we've created and then we have a magnificent cattery full of i think this should be about 40 cats there and from the cattery we also have a feral cat community who roam the farm freely they don't want to be touched or loved they want to feel the freedom of running around the farm so it's very funny um i have to tell you the story you say that the love for animals, it's ingrained in you. But I must tell you that I think love for animals was ingrained in me by my father. My father was this larger than life character who really just he lived every day to his fullest. And when I was growing up, he often would bring animals home from some escapade or he would go 
I don't know, he would go on to, friend, to visit friends in Transvaal and on the way back, he would see someone selling a goose on the side of the road. And instead of selling that goose to eat, he would buy it and bring it home. And we, we would have geese, uh, goats. And, uh, and I had um, what was a friend's teacup pig. So friends of my father's had bought a teacup pig for, the, for their, their household. And as you know, these things do not exist. So this pig decided to grow and grow and grow. And when it got too big for the friends, my father said, of course, we will take the little piggy. And he was quite big and his name was Hamlet. And Hamlet lived with us for many, <laughs> many, many, many years. And just to hear that you're taking in all these animals to look after them makes my heart incredibly warm it's people like you that make the world a better place uh, and i just want to really really thank you for that and i must ask obviously we're looking after these animals and they're getting older so you're a no-kill shelter which means yeah. well, i'm assuming that yes we're pro-life fiercely pro-life in particular nicholas the co-founder he is he is like pro-life to a point of being ridiculous and so he will ask for one more day just one more day just give us one more day and in some cases he's been correct in a particular case of a doggy with a collapsed trachea drifter who was supposed to be put down three years ago and nicholas asked for just one more day and drifter still with us oh wow and that leads me to my next question so you have all these animals but are they adoptable can people come and say I would like a doggy or a cat or I don't know, I've got a farm and I would like a donkey or a pig. It can people come through to Woodrock and, you know, adopt these animals and give them a forever home? Every single animal is adoptable. I learned that only about five years ago, because five years ago, if the house wasn't better than what we can offer the dogs, that house didn't qualify. But some of these dogs have never lived in an enclosure or in a locked up space. They've only ever had farms as their playground or the informal settlements as their playground. So you kind of think to yourself, okay, can this dog go to a home and be like, take part in family activities, running to the fridge, jumping into the car, understanding what it's like to, like to be loved? Yes every single dog is adoptable and I firmly believe that not every home deserves a dog however and with saying that Brent our rehoming process is quite stringent and we have been criticized for being a little bit too strict and so be it if it's not in the best interests of the dog then I, I speak for the dog we're the voice of the voiceless and 100% I won't just give a dog to just anybody there are rules that that come along with adopting a dog to your family and bear in mind that it's very expensive don't just think you're going to take a dog on and that you're not going to be looking at vet bills medical aid for the dog you're going to be looking at yearly expenses the dogs need to be looked after with a very good quality of food and possibly i will go as far as to say yes we possibly are a little bit too strict but once that dog leaves our clutches we don't have a voice anymore people can do whatever they want to that dog and I guess that's why you're so strict. Plus, added to that, you've been doing this for over 28 years. I believe that perhaps you should be experienced in knowing when a dog's going to a good home or not, which I, I think we should be thankful for. You're not just letting these animals go to places where they might not be loved. Absolutely, Brent. There's been cases where we have had to go and recall our dogs for the horrible, horrible reasons. And we've thought that we were dealing with like upstanding citizens and... I don't believe to taser a dog is an upstanding citizen. Not at all. Not at all. Okay, so we mentioned money, and that's always a big thing when it comes to an NPO. You guys are the hardest hit, especially at a time like this during lockdown when everybody's pockets are getting a little bit tighter. But obviously money is the first point of call that you look for. Do you let people come and volunteer and play with the animals and spend time with them as well? 
In normal circumstances, we definitely do because that's the only way that we can encourage the word to get out there and spread the word. And so, yes, we do invite people to come touch, tickle and play. However, with COVID-19 and three cancer survivors on the property down at Kennels, we have to be very mindful of the numbers of people that walk onto the property. So we've slowed that down considerably. And I also have to mention to you that we don't just feed the 300 animals on our farm. So when you talk of a budget, there is no budget. So we stretch out to Attridgeville, Olivia and Hote and Dipslut animals for a feeding scheme. We try our level best to raise as much money to feed these animals, not just dogs, but cats as well. And in some cases, medically treat them. Last month was one of our worst because we had two amputees and we had one dog that had to, had to have a plate fitted into her leg. And in fact, it wasn't successful and she had to go in for a second op. And that operation cost 25,000 which people criticize us severely for. They say, but why are you spending 25,000 on one dog when you can save another 30 dog? It doesn't work like that for us. We are pro-life. 100%, and that's, and that's exactly why we were connected. So a very good friend of mine, Tanya Sequeira, I've known her for years and years and years, and she's an absolute animal lover. She used to work at Irwin's down in the South and all these things. And when my little puppy died, she ate a, a cycas or a cycad seed. We're not sure which plant it was exactly, but she ate the seed. And we didn't know that the, the seed was poisonous and then after this tragedy happened we got a horticulturist out to our garden and we actually found out we had five different plants in our garden that were ridiculously poisonous to dogs and we just never known about it because our dogs are a little bit older and not as mischievous be it as it may when it all happened there's a initiative in johannesburg called the rare bear project and it's these 50 ladies who live in kaya sands who crochet little animals these little teddy bears and you can either buy one from the website or donate one to be given to a child that is in hospital and that is facing these biggest battles. And they first dropped off a little Emma Stone, which was just adorable. And then they often um, put it onto their websites as a limited edition with the charity funds and the profits made from that going to a charity of our choice. And immediately I wanted to give it to an animal rescue center or something to do with animals. So I phoned my friend Tanya and I said to her, please, just who's the best? And she said, Woodrock, without doubt. And one of the things, <laughs> one of the things that I asked, I, I was like, you know, we were in the fortunate position where I don't have pet medical aid, but I've always got a savings account for the animals. So for our dogs and cats, we've always put money aside every month in case we need to go to the vet. So we were in a lucky position where we could pay for um, little Emma's treatments and everything that needed to happen. But when we were at the vet that day, there was a woman who had told me that in order to get her dog attended to, um, it was a great Dane who had its stomach turn or I don't know what it's called. Torsion, yeah, yes, it's the torsion. In order to have them just admitted, they had to pay like 10,000 rand. And I just thought to myself, who else has money just lying around like that? That, you know, if your dog is in need or your animal's in need or your cat needs help, who has money lying around like that? And that's why when I phoned you, one of my questions was, do you sometimes help with operations and more? And you said, yes, you guys use your own money to try as best to keep all animals that come to you in the best possible condition. And that's immediately when I said, of course, this, the, the, we need to be giving the funds to you. So just to all our listeners, if you want to go check that out, it's on goodthingsguy.com. You can search for Emma Stone and you'll find the article, see the little teddy bear. And if you'd like to purchase one, all the details are there. Um, you can either purchase one for yourself or you can donate 
to a child in need. And those funds will be going to Woodrock Animal Rescue. And we will be helping not only children suffering with rare diseases, but also this incredible, incredible animal organization that is doing the most work. It's a non-profit pro-life rescue, rehabilitation, and rehoming organization in South Africa. Stella, I must ask, when did you move to the new property? You know, I was thinking about it the other day. It's about 12 years ago we moved to this property, 12 or 13 years ago, but you lose track of time. I just want to go back to the dogs that, you know, because I don't want a million people phoning me and saying, my dog needs, a, um, you know, has to have her, yes. whatever, whatever, her yeah. crucial ligament, or my dog needs to have a dental. No, this is dogs that I actually have never seen, some of these dogs. The dog in particular that we rehomed yesterday by the name of Poppet, Oh my Lord, go look at our Facebook page. She was an amputee. I actually had never set eyes on her and I gave instructions straight to the vet. Get the dog straight to the vet. I will not have a dog in pain. Either euthanize, but do not allow that dog to lie on the side of the road in absolute pain. This little puppet had walked into a snare and the leg had, she had been walking around the streets with the snare embedded into her leg. She actually wasn't knocked over. She actually collapsed from sheer agony. And there again, I, my hair stands up. Just get the dog to the vet i will not have a dog in pain at all that has nobody to care for her or get yes. her to a vet yes and this is why the work that you do is so incredibly important because a lot of us find ourselves in situations where we are able to look after our pups but there's a lot of animals out there that don't have families and loved ones to look after them then they have you stella they find you yes they do find they find us and uh, you know, I sometimes feel a little bit like I need to slap myself on the wrist because I'm so proud of, supremely proud of the team because it's not about me. This is the team. We have an incredibly devoted team of caregivers. And when I come up the driveway and I bring a, actually even a, like I get tears in my eyes, I get a litter of puppies that have been sold on the side of the road and I drive up the driveway and they come running to me, literally running to the car and say, what have you brought us? The excitement of taking in a dog and rehabilitating the dog and watching that dog develop and that dog going to a new home. It's just, it's euphoric. Uh, I have no words to actually say. That excitement of, of knowing that we've made a difference to just one dog. Well, one of the things for me, and it was a, a, an amazing lesson, a tragic lesson for me in the end, but a, an amazing lesson, was getting a dog during lockdown and having that unconditional love during this time was really just so utterly rewarding. And I think for families or listeners who are thinking about maybe getting a pup, I know times are hard. A lot of families are feeling the crunch right now. But if you're looking at getting a little pet and you want to bring a new family member into the family, I'm going to suggest that you get in touch with Estelle at Woodrock Animal Rescue. Um, there's over 300 animals there right now. And yes, maybe not all of them are puppies, but an old guy and an old girl could give you just as much love and it can be just as rewarding to look after those animals and give them a good, good, good life in their last couple of years on earth. So Stella, thank you so much for joining the show today. If people want to get involved, if they want to get hold of you, what is the easiest way? The easiest way, of course, is they get hold of us through our SMS line, but we've got a very powerful Facebook page. We've got a great uh, website, which we've just rewritten, and we, we communicate quite a bit with our followers over a newsletter, so they can actually subscribe to our newsletter. And then last but not least, we send out an SMS um, every 25 days. The SMS line is your SMS dog to 41990 to donate 25 Rand. And, you know, the, it makes a huge amount of difference. We, we say to everybody, Biki Biki Mark Bayer. 
And big, that little bit, bicky, bicky mark by, ne? Exactly. Little, little makes a lot. Exactly, exactly, exactly. We find that now we're facing some of the toughest economic times, but people are still willing to dig deep and uh, find a little bit of money. And, and those bicky, bicky, definitely makes buyer, buyer, which I yes. think is important to remember. Fred, thank you very, very much. This call is the biggest honor and I'm thrilled. And the interview for me, it reaches so many animal lovers and people that understand giving from their heart and adoption is the, the best, best form of giving. And more so a dog that has been here for more than five years is just so special. And we watch them leave here. And when we do see the older ones leave, and here once again, I'll probably tear up. When we see the older ones leave, it's, it's life-changing. Stella, I want to thank you for all the amazing work you do. I want to thank your team for all the amazing work they do. When COVID-19, when we, when we get to the end of whatever this is and, and there's, I don't know, herd immunity and we can go out a little bit more, I don't want to compromise anybody before that, but I would love to come to the Animal Rescue Center and spend some time with you and all the amazing animals. For all our listeners, Again, if you want to get in touch, if you want to know a little bit more, if you want to donate, if you want to adopt, just Google Woodrock Animal Rescue and all of the information will come up about how you can get involved. Stella, thank you so much for being on The Good Thing. Thanks, Brent. Take care to all the listeners. God bless and may you all stay healthy. I'm Brent Lindekew, South Africa's very own Good Things Guy, and you've been listening to Good Things Guy, a jackpot podcast. For more episodes or to subscribe, rate, or review my podcast, go to iTunes, Iona FM, or Google Podcasts. Be kinder than necessary to yourself and each other. Thanks, and only good things.